Hey guys, it's Liz. What's going on guys, it's Dan. And this is Polos and Khakis. This week we don't actually have a guest for you. Dan and I just wanted to sit down and as our 10th episode back, take the opportunity to reflect on our nine guests and episodes that have happened up until now since the relaunch of Polos and Khakis. Yeah, it's been really fun. We've had some great people on. You know, the first two we kind of have been holding in the vault for a couple years, but the people we've been able to talk to, the insight they've given us from their area of expertise in the field or just, you know, from over their time or over their career, uh, just been giving great information and, you know, kind of taking away every, at least one thing from all of our guests, which has been nice. And, you know, it's good to just, you know, have a conversation about a, a profession that I'm very passionate about. I know you are too, Liz. So um, it's always fun to, you know, share the wealth of knowledge and also learn something at the same time. Yeah, for sure. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to sum up the episodes that we've done so far by going through them one by one and maybe each of us can give like a highlight from all each of them. Cool. Works for me. All right. So our first episode back was our reintroduction. Um, That was another episode that was just you and I. Yeah. Um, It was just kind of like we were back in grad school, back in our little apartment, me, you and Billy just kind of shooting the shit and BSing most of the time and talking about, you know, our clinical rotations and, you know, what's going on. And it was just nice to sit down and kind of catch up and kind of talk about where we've been the past two years, you know, the interesting routes that we've have taken, uh, the things we've learned just from the time we graduated during COVID of 2020. And here we are in April of 2022 and two years have gone by and it's been crazy to you know, see where we've ended up. You know, I went back down to Florida, then moved back home, and you moved to South Carolina, you know, did, like, big girl things, and, like, bought a house. Um, so, yeah, it was cool to just kind of, you know, see where we were at in our lives, and, you know, it's not like we weren't keeping in touch, but it was fun to just have a cool conversation, um, and it was a good way to, to kick off our relaunch. I agree. I think um, there was definitely a highlight of feeling like we were in school again, for sure. Um And I think it was really refreshing to, like, talk to somebody who still had a lot of interest in things that, like, didn't necessarily apply to them day to day, but just, like, about athletic training and sports medicine in in general. I think I took that for granted a little bit, being surrounded by a lot of our classmates that I asked some people now, like, what excites you about athletic training? Or, like, do you know of anything new coming out? And it like makes me really sad the number of people who just say like no nothing's really catching my interest or like no I haven't really read anything and um it just felt really exciting to like talk to somebody who was willing to explore all those things yeah I think you know we've we, uh, most of our guests have kind of talked about it is just where we are as a profession I think it's still on the rise we still have plenty of room for growth in terms of you know, where we sit in the whole grand scheme of, you know, the medical model and um, if we're kind of looking for a multidisciplinary approach of treating for our patients, you know, I think we have to be closer to the first line of defense. You know, we're kind of there every day. We see the the daily things that goes on at practice and things like that. Or, you know, if in terms of you working in a clinic, we see them more um, on a daily basis than our docs or anyone else does. So um, I think we really just need to show or just continue to prove our value and prove our worth in that in multiple settings, not just the school setting or the medical um, clinic setting. And and I think we're still, you know, we're still working at it, you know, and I think sooner or later, you know, the docs and 
um, other types of healthcare professions, you know, just kind of need to realize where we are. But, you know, I think we're still making really good headway. Yeah, definitely. So our second episode was a vault episode, um, and that was the candid guy. So Chad and Kevin. Yeah, this one is weird because, you know, we filmed this, not filmed it, two, we recorded it two years ago, I should say, uh, basically right before COVID started. But it was weird to just hear myself talk because, you know, in two years, you definitely kind of, not mature, I guess you do, but um, you're kind of like, okay, like, why the heck did I say that? Or why do I sound like this? So um, I was still in that phase of getting used to hearing myself um, talk all the time again, you know, listen to our mm-hmm. podcast. Um, but I think those two guys kind of really helped the profession in terms of, you know, they, they, tr- they make our profession fun. Like they kind of, they talk about the things that everyone thinks about on a daily basis. They just kind of bring it to light and they're like, Oh yeah. Like my athletic or my athlete did this or, you know, so did something really, really stupid. And it's just kind of like, yeah, like we're all kind of going through it and it kind of makes those longer days a little bit better when you have two guys like that who try to bring the the lighter side of our profession and talk about, you know, some funny things and just try to keep it light. But they're also, again, very passionate about the uh, the profession. And, you know, like I kind of just said that they really want to, you know, see that growth and, you know, show our value more and more in different settings. Yeah, I agree. It was a, a fun episode. I think I enjoy talking to all our guests. We haven't had a single guest that I'm like, ugh, drag. But yeah. like they're just so goofy and like joyful. Um, and for me, that was really refreshing and it was fun to do it then. And it was really fun to listen back on it because um, I think listening back on it, I had a very different perspective of what it was when we were actually recording it. Um, but I think you touched on it well that like they have found a balance of advocacy and really caring about the profession but not letting it become like cumbersome and heavy which I think is something that like I strive to be a little bit better at like just because you're serious about something doesn't mean it has to be a serious mood like you can still have fun with it I think that's what I took away most from their episode yeah I mean I think you know me I'm pretty laid back for the most part you know and I I know when to be serious and know when to have a good time and it was just kind of cool to see you know, athletic trainers having that that sense of, you know, balance of, hey, like, we really need to focus up and do this and take care of it. All right, now it's time to we can, you know, relax a little bit and, you know, kind of talk about some funny stuff. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it, I really enjoy listening to it now as a professional because I think they bring a good insight in what we could be, um, especially with – I forget which one said it. Um, maybe it was Kevin, maybe Chad. I'm not sure. Uh, but they talked about how they're basically, you know, working at their uh, at their job – and they're basically almost like a uh, just like a resource or like a consultant for people that they mm-hmm. can just come in and see them when, you know, whenever something's bothering them. They don't have to go through the doctor to get, you know, the insurance signed off on it and then go to PT and then figure it out. You know, he's just kind of like that resource where people can just come in and, you know, he can see you once a week. He can see you once every six months. You know, it's just kind of I think that's just another cool way that we can, um, you know, gain more value in the, in the profession is just being able to be very flexible and not having that uh, third party, you know, reimbursement or third party insurance to just come in and, you know, make sure we have to go through all these hoops before we get to uh, the right healthcare. Yeah. I feel like that leads us in really well to our third episode back, which was Todd Sable. 
um, and he talked a lot about uh, doing cash-based work. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to remember these episodes sometimes because uh, <laughs> they just kind of blend together. But, yeah, he kind of talked about doing his work at um, – what's the name of the gym? Old School Gym, I think. Mm-hmm. If I butcher it, I'm sorry. Um, with Corey Gregory and all his guys and just doing, you know, work with them. And, again, it's just one of those things where – you know, they can see you once every couple of weeks, just kind of check in, or they can see you, you know, two, three times a week, you know, it just kind of depends on what your needs are. Um, and again, you're skipping that jumping through the hoops of the insurance part. So, um, you know, I think the way he does is really good and he's continued his business. He does more, you know, a lot more fitness stuff too. And keeping up with him, he's doing a really good job of, again, you know, just being flexible in, in our profession and doing multiple things. So, Another great guy to talk about, I think he really focuses on just, like, keeping things simple, um, you know, and also just, you know, make sure you get the basis down first in, in a rehab setting and then just going from there. But, um, again, another great person to talk to. Yeah. I thought what I really liked about the way Todd constructed his business is, like, he found what he was passionate about personally. Like, he loved going to old school gym, and through that, he found that there was also an outlet for his, like, professional career and his life, and I feel like that was a really um, novel idea to me, that, like, you could be personally involved in something that you then realized you could provide professional aid to. I just, like, never really thought about it that way. And I thought that was such like a nice blend of like finding personal fulfillment and professional fulfillment in the same area. Yeah. Um, you know, like everyone says, you know, you find what you're passionate about and let it kill you. So uh, I think he's kind of like that good definition where he, you know, kind of found a, an in or he kind of found that clientele population that he really, really enjoys. And, you know, that's who he's kind of sticking with. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right, number four, our first new episode was Audric, Audric Warren, Warnkin, Warren. Warren, that was our next guest. Yep, yep. <laughs> I felt bad on this one because we were scheduled to do it at 8 o'clock, and mm-hmm. I didn't think of the time difference, so we had to wait around for an hour and film at 9 o'clock during his, uh, when it was 8 o'clock in Indiana, so that was all me to start. Um no one knew that, but that's just for me and you. Um, <laughs> again, just another interesting, you know, he basically runs his own, like, rehab clinic. You know, he kind of does, like, a strength and conditioning and a rehab setting, which is really cool to think about. You know, it's kind of like like Todd's deal, um, Todd's business, and also, you know, a little bit more of a strength and conditioning side. So, again, you know, being flexible and the amount of certifications that dude had was unreal it's insane um but i you know i follow him on instagram and kind of follow you know the videos and stuff and it it makes sense because he uses a lot of modalities to kind of help people you know rehab or get bigger and stronger things like that um so yeah he definitely seems like he's putting those uh certifications to very good use so i applaud him for it for sure for sure um I found it really fascinating to listen to all the jobs he's had and how he managed to do so many of them simultaneously. I think I would have, like, imploded. Not exploded, like, imploded into myself, like a dying star. Yeah. 
I think it's just wild to me. Well, one, he's never had an energy drink or a cup of coffee, which is literally how absolutely I don't unreal. Um, but again, it, like you kind of talked about in the beginning, is that it's nice to talk to those people who are athletic trainers um, that are very passionate about what they do and they enjoy going, you know, to work every day and working with their athletes or working with their, you know, specific population wherever they are, um, and just making things work. You know, they he said that he's gotten close to him or he's gone to like graduation parties and you know, seeing them out at, you know, events and things like that, which is always nice. You want to build that really good relationship with your athletes or your patients and things like that. Um, so, again, it was just a refreshing thing to hear someone who's really all about the profession and, you know, really um, putting his certification to good work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number five was Luke Warnkin. My apologies, Warren and Warnkin. You guys were back-to-back, and it messed with my mind a little bit. Um, But I really enjoyed talking to Luke and the PA side of things. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, a lot of people, you know, say, like, oh, like, I'm going to become an ATC and then um, go to PA school, you know, and he kind of knew that was going – that was going to be his route. But I think he talked about really – good thing especially in terms of like hey like we're doing everything we can do in terms of advocacy for the profession i think it's just up to now the other professions to really understand and realize what we're doing you know we can do all the stuff and post it on twitter and we could talk about the great things that we do on a daily basis but until someone you know has a physician or a pa or a chiropractor or a physical therapist whoever the heck it may be you know that could be above us is you know, really pushing for us to, hey, like, we need athletic trainers in this setting, you know, for this specific reason because they're that good at what we do. You know, I think that's where you're really going to see the growth in our profession, you know, really take off is when we have other people advocating for us because we, we're going to advocate for ourselves all day, every day. I mean, everyone knows that. But at the end of the day, you know, if no one else wants to go to bat for us, then we're kind of, you know, SOL. Yeah, I agree. I found it interesting, like, how – many experiences he had that I could relate to having been in the clinic now that like his kids that always comment on his shoes or um like having to just like run around between surgery and the clinic and phone calls and um it was it was interesting to be able to relate to somebody on those things because I feel like a lot of athletic trainers can relate on more of the traditional side of things but it's kind of fun to have like a shared experience on the other end as well yeah i mean i'm a big fan of wearing cool shoes and things like that to work too but again you know i think we talked about it in another episode too we just need to show you know a little personality you know and you know his patients aren't going to remember the doc that came in to work on his arm that he's going to remember you know the doc that was wearing really flashy shoes Mm -hmm. oh yeah and he had like the superman scrubs on or whatever color scrubs he had on like those are the things that they're going to take away from it and that they had a really positive experience with him so um yeah again just it was cool to talk to someone outside of the profession but also they understand you know what an athletic trainer is and what they do because obviously he was one um so it's cool to kind of see him his perspective from both sides as an athletic trainer and a physician assistant yeah yeah um number six dr aaron moore i can't just call her aaron i don't care how many times she tells me yeah, I'll just, I'll forever call her Dr. Moore. <laughs> um, this episode for me was just fun because Dr. Moore and I worked together on our cat paper and 
um, female athlete triad and reds is something that I've always had a lot of interest in and Dr. Moore and I have talked a lot about so it's kind of like diving right back into those conversations we had a lot when we were at USF. Yeah it's definitely the one where I just kind of sat back and let you two talk for a little bit Uh, you know I gave my two cents here and there a subtle jab and things like that but it was cool to really see you two talk about it you know from your perspective of writing a cat paper and then just doing an extensive amount of research for it um, and then going through the um, you know process of getting it published and all that stuff it was really cool to listen to um, you know female athlete tryout and reds really isn't something that I've really looked into just because I've been working with primarily male sports but you know now we're working with our track team and now looking back on it, I wish this episode was published sooner or we talked to her about it sooner just because, you know, we're dealing with a lot of, you know, shin splints and things like that where, you know, you can kind of bring that stuff into question like, hey, like, you know, are you getting a regular period or are you eating, you know, proper foods and things like that. So um, now that's always a question I can kind of have in the back of my head. Like, okay, like if we're dealing with this, like what else is going on where other than we're running 50 miles a week, you know, what else is going on that's kind of um, breaking down, you know, our tibia. So, um yeah, but it was definitely, you know, good, insightful episode for people that may not even know about it or just a good way of, you know, hey, like my athletes or patients may be going through this. How can I go and talk to them about this in a proper way without really kind of overstepping boundaries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next was Marty McNair from the Jordan McNair Foundation. I really liked him mainly because, you know, it was – you know, very personal to him about for his son, you know, passing away in a, in a tragic fashion, but being able to kind of see the good in, you know, what happened and making his a foundation in his name and, you know, just continuing his work, you know, he's just getting started and the stuff that he's done has been great. And I think the cool thing is that it's, he's really not just targeting football. He's really targeting every outdoor sport because, you know, it can really happen to anyone um, just to kind of get the overall message of, you know, what heat stroke is and how to you know treat it and prevent it and just kind of also talk about just basic you know emergency situations you know that could arise in anywhere whether you have an athletic trainer or not you know educating the parents and really going after them making sure that you know if they're at a you know camp or a clinic and they're just kind of hanging out and something's going on they can kind of be that extra set of hands to possibly you know help save someone yeah i thought it was really cool how much he has been able to expand off of a really specific experience like you said, that they're not just about football heat stroke prevention, that they're about heat stroke prevention for all sports. And it's not just like, oh, we're going to provide cold tubs to X amount of schools, which is a program that they have, but they're also going to do parent education at camps and they're going to do student educations at their practices. And he's also going to write a book about it and then do legislation. And it's, um, it was inspiring to see like how many good things could come out of one bad thing. And that's not to say that like one good thing out of one bad thing isn't beneficial because it definitely is. But I feel like it just expanded so much bigger than I would have thought it would have. I think, you know, in an emergency scenario like that, like heat stroke or cardiac or, you know, rhabdo or sickle cell, like they all kind of not blend together, but they're all, you know, situations that like we should definitely know about because, you know, what's to say that it happened, it doesn't happen at your kids, 
you know, midget football game or, you know, little league game that, you know, something happens like that and there's not an athletic trainer on, you're like, okay, well, uh, what to do or, you know, how to handle it. So I think, you know, they all kind of intertwine and heat stroke is just one of those little things that he kind of took as, you know, his, like you said, his tragedy and, you know, just made it, you know, making it better for the greater good of everyone else. Uh, so I think that was really cool for me and just kind of inspiring because he just kind of took that specific thing and made it even an even bigger thing. And you can tell the way he talks about it, like he's passionate from a very deep place and it's not just like because he has to be or because he feels obligated to like the enthusiasm with which he speaks about his projects like it's clear that he really does like love and care about these things and i think the process in which he's writing his book um it was a great way for him to like i think we kind of talked about in the episode just kind of getting his thoughts out on paper like what was he feeling during the time and you know what what things he wish he knew and you know, just kind of like the whole story leading up to it and then everything after it, you know, I think, you know, it was just a good way for him to get his thoughts down, like he said, just kind of like getting through the grieving process. And then COVID hit and he said, let's just sit down and do it. So um, I still need to order it, but uh, I'm very excited to uh, read it at some point. Hopefully I can reach out to him and be like, hey, like, you know, really enjoyed this book. And, you know, hopefully we can maybe uh, get him back on and talk about that specifically. Yeah, yeah. Number eight is Jasmine Grimes with the Miami Dolphins. Another another Maryland Terp for you. Go Terpies. Uh, it was it was cool because I mean we talked about it on our Instagram uh, recaps that I think Jazz laid it out pretty well of what life in the NFL is as an athletic trainer. Um, so I think if you know students or young professionals who are willing to or want to get into you know a seasonal or a summer internship, they kind of or she kind of lays it out pretty well. Um, you know, you're there all day, every day from July until February if you're a seasonal. Obviously, you're just there for camp if you're a, an internship. But, um, you know, I think it's just a great way of understanding, like, okay, like, if that's what you want, this is what you have to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, the highlight was more personal just because Jazz and I have known each other for a long time. Um, it was kind of like doing our first episode again. Like I just got to sit down and talk to my friend about like what's been going on in her life. And like we share this thing that we're really passionate about. And it was just like fun to talk to her about it because we haven't really had a lot of opportunity. And so it was just, it was a nice time. I agree. I mean, every, it's always fun to sit down and talk to a guest, but you know, someone especially, you know, our age ish is, you know, relatively fresh into the profession, um, who's worked in, you know, professional sports her entire career. It's, you know, always fun to sit down and just kind of talk to, mm-hmm. you know, someone like that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something. I can't think of what it was. I think you make a good uh, point though. Oh, I got it. It was, um, I like how, you know, as long and days of her job was that she, you know, works for a team and, uh, you know, her head athletic trainer really kind of values that work life balance. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever they get the chance, they kick them out. They're like, Hey, like go, you know, go home, go do whatever you need to do. Um, and I think having a, a head guy like that who understands it and wants you to, you know, have a life outside of work is, is really good. Um, especially in a saying like that, where, you know, basically every second counts, you know, you know, there's so much money on the line with these guys playing games and, you know, wins and losses. So, you know, kind of taking yourself out of that stressful environment for, you know, a couple of days or a weekend, like she said, she just needs to kind of recharge. And then in the off season, she gets to just kind of hang out and, 
you know, get ready for the upcoming season. I think it's really cool that, you know, there's uh that her head's really like that, you know, because you never know what you can get in, a, in an organization like that. Yeah, that's very true. And the idea that like you can have work-life balance, but work-life balance in the NFL doesn't look the same as it does for me in the clinic or for you at a college, that um, work-life balance is subjective and that as long as the person above you is like advocating for you and you advocate for yourself to take whatever that looks like to you, it's it's worth doing it. Like everything we always learn in in, uh, in grad school, it depends. It depends. So, the work-life balance is definitely individualized. You know, my days off are going to look different than yours and how I spend my free time are going to be different than, you know, me and you and Jasmine. Um, so, again, it's just finding that that niche of what you need to do to kind of recharge and fill your cup up, like you like to say. Um, yeah, I think it could kind of go a long way in the profession. And then number nine, Jay Ostia, last week with Nexus Sports Med. Talking to Jay was fun. He was a repeat guest, which we haven't had a lot of, and so that was kind of fun. And I think Jay's the only one that had been on during Polos and Khaki's first version and Polos and Khaki's 2.0, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is true. I think we have an upcoming guest who's going to be the second one to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, no spoilers, though, so you're going to have to wait and find out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, again, it's it's cool to – I mean, we talked about him back in the original version of Pose Academy, just by, like work, working in a high school and, you know, being a GA and things like that. Um, and now seeing him with this business idea where he can basically almost be full-time with it, um, you know, looking at – the sling pack of, you know, Mueller or Kramer or whatever the heck it is, said, yeah, this isn't good enough for us. Um, and kind of, you know, using his art background and using his military background to, you know, get really creative and create these items for athletic trainers or anyone really to use um, has is really cool to watch. Um, you know, I said in the episode, it's really satisfying to watch him pack in and pack out a kit. Um, I think it's just like the most satisfying thing ever. It's true. I was thinking with Jay's episode a lot about how we talk about emerging settings and like performing arts and um, like industrial settings, certain clinic settings. And I think we don't necessarily focus on the emerging settings in terms of entrepreneurship. So like private practice and product development, like that's a huge market, especially for athletic trainers, because Nobody really gets athletic trainers like athletic trainers. So, of course, the best person to make a product for an athletic trainer is an athletic trainer. It just makes so much sense. Um, And I thought it was really innovative of Jay to say, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. And I thought that was really inspiring to me of just the idea of, like, if you don't like it, do it yourself. I think it's just really cool to see him, like, okay, like, I made all these sling packs. I made... You know, I have the DV2s, I have all these patches, you know, now what can I do? And he's always kind of thinking of what's the next best thing. Like, he's thinking about the the wrist gauntlet for wrestling and, you know, just a bunch of other things that I'm sure he still has running through his head um, to just, again, kind of change the game of what athletic training is. You know, we talked about it a lot. We got on the soapbox of wearing joggers to work instead of khakis mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and things like that. You know, just trying to break outside this, like, shell where you're just nor- – you're used to seeing a uh, athletic trainer wear a polo and khakis, but we're really just trying to, you know, 
look cool on the sideline. Like, you know, we're going to wear cool shoes. We're going to wear joggers. We're going to have, you know, a sweet sling pack, you know, for when we run out onto the field. We're going to look like we know what the heck we're doing. We're going to have everything ready for us when we go, you know, and treat a patient, whether he's gushing blood or he needs his ankle taped or whatever the heck it may be. Like, he always – he's thinking of every possible situation for the products that he's making, and I think it's just really, really cool. And, you know, again, it just it's helping the profession kind of come – more to the front yeah for sure so that is our full recap um do you have some new things that you've learned from our guests um i mean yeah i learned everything it's it's kind of tough to pick one thing out um new things i've learned not really um you know in terms of uh yeah you got me stumped on this one uh, I learn. I mean, you learn something new every every episode, mm-hmm. whether if it, they talk about value or you know work life balance or, um, you know how to talk to a parent about you know tough situations or tough to talk to an athlete about you know getting periods and things like that. Um, yeah, that's the cool thing I think about this podcast is that it's you're able to take one thing away from each episode. Mm-hmm. And say okay, like you know. From Todd, I learned, okay, like, you know, when you sprain an ankle, we're going to do police instead of rice and things like that. Um, you know, so being able to take one thing away from every guest has been one of my, you know, things I really enjoy about this podcast. Mm. Yeah. What about well, you? Anything? Well, I was thinking about it, and I just didn't really realize that NFL players had, like, a choice of who they saw for care. Like, in my mind, it was, like, college where you just see your team doc, and that's kind of the end of it. So, talking to Jazz and kind of hearing about how um, a lot of those players go to doctors that aren't their team doctors, um, I thought that was really interesting. It was something I didn't know about, and it, like, made a lot of sense in hindsight, but I would have never guessed that until I talked to her about it. Um, I learned that a lot, too, in professional sports. Like, everyone there has, like, their guy right like they have their speed coach they have their strength coach they have their team doc from you know whatever college they went to um and like she said the cba is you're allowed to you know get a second opinion from those people and um you know they normally do that just again to cover their bases because you know she really hit home on you know they know their bodies and they know what they need um and when they kind of feel like one thing's off they definitely want to check it out just because you know uh, there's a lot of money riding on, you know, their body being healthy and ready to go. So, um, you know, if I was in their shoes, I would for sure get a second opinion, especially if it was something I wasn't really sure about. Um, you know, just kind of get the the more eyes on I can get it on, or I can the more eyes I can get the injury on, the better. Mhm. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of touched on it. Uh, what do you think the best parts of bringing the podcast back have been in this 2.0 version um yeah talking to all the great guests you know i think they all bring something to the table from you know whatever their perspective is or whatever their expertise is in um i personally non-podcast really related i have been enjoying doing the ask the athletes um and being able to post that on our on our instagram and you know kind of really you know at one, showing the people I kind of deal with on a daily basis and the, the answers I get. Um, but also just kind of, again, just, just having fun with my profession and, you know, really kind of, you know, 
making those long days a little bit better by, you know, just asking random questions to the people that come in for rehabs or things like that. So that's always been fun. Um, and, you know, telling everyone at school that I do have a podcast and like, Oh, like when's the next episode coming out or when are you going live again? And, you know, they may jump on, you know, the, um, IG recaps and just ask like a random question or, you know, like, Hey, like I saw you last night on Instagram, you know, da, 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 and things like that. So that's been cool. Just kind of have like, you know, something that people can kind of jump on and be like, Oh, like that's Dan. I'm going to see him tomorrow morning. I'm going to ask him about that or things like that. So, um, yeah. Then like a local celebrity, I guess. Oh, that's cute. Um, for me, I think it is that with my job now, I'm a little removed from traditional athletic training. Um, I don't do a lot of like hands-on treatment. Um, and a lot of my evaluation is like down the road, like never an initial eval. Um, and again, kind of removed because I have a PA and a doctor that I work with. Uh, so it's kind of been nice to feel like my brain is still checked into athletic training and not just being in the clinic. Um, and I feel like I get to ask a lot of questions that I wouldn't have the opportunity to ask in just like a normal work setting or in like an organic setting where I'm just like being an athletic trainer. Um, and that has been really nice because I feel like it still keeps my confidence for when I cover at the school or if I do PRN events and stuff that it doesn't feel foreign just because I'm not doing it every day. Like I still feel like I'm involved in traditional athletic training because I get to talk to all these people about it and, uh, helps it stay fresh and um, it kind of keeps the why a little bit, you know, when you kind of lose your sense of your why. I think uh, being able to explore a whole bunch of different parts of athletic training kind of helps me keep my why. Yeah, I think the more and more people I talk to and, you know, hearing the stuff that they go through is relatively similar to what I go through or we go through on a daily basis. So, um, you know, I knew you never know or you know that you're never alone in a situation like someone has been through it. Um, and also kind of just a reminder that like I did choose the right profession. You know, I don't, you know, regret getting into athletic training. I love what I do. I love my job. Um, no matter how long the days are, no matter how annoying my athletes get, um, shout out to everyone at Gettysburg College that I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> you guys are great. Um, but yeah, you know, again, it's like you said, it's just remembering your why and, you know, understanding that, you know, other people have gone through it and, you know, it's just a, it's a good, good refreshing to hear that, hey, like, I'm not the only one doing this and, you know, not the only one, you know, going through, you know, not being able to figure out what the heck is going on with one athlete or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's been really, really fun. And I'm, like I said earlier, I'm glad we brought it back. Okay, let's flip it on the head. What's been the hardest or worst parts of bringing the podcast back? Uh, hardest definitely is that we're not in the same room let alone the same state um to do these so trying to find just time for you know my schedule and your schedule to line up our guest schedule uh, and then just overall just we usually have to film them at night and after a long day at work and a 45 minute drive home it's sometimes hard to you know really kind of stay in the athletic training mindset you know to do a podcast uh, especially after you know like i said long days whether if we had practice or long day of rehabs things like that um but, you know, looking back on it, it's still worth it because, you know, we still have great guests and, you know, like we've all the things we said before, it's enjoyable to talk to the people, you know, regardless of what time it's at. Um, so I think just the overall scheduling um, has been tough. 
I, you know, I know we've gone back and forth of, oh, we, we can do it Wednesday. And then the next day it's like, oh, never mind. We can't do it on Wednesday. We have to do it, you know, on a Tuesday or a Thursday or something like that. So, um, I think we've getting pretty, pretty good at it, you know, just kind of setting up our week ahead and, and going about it that way. So, uh, plus I think it's a little bit easier to, uh, feed off each other when we're in the same room, you know, doing it over, um, you know, over the computer, it's sometimes hard because like, all right, like, who's going to ask the next question? Or, like, you kind of have to, like, make a motion say, hey, like, I got I got something or, or things like that and making sure we're not talking over everyone. So uh, we've had some challenges, but, you know, again, it's all it's all worth it. You know, it's been fun, and uh, hopefully we continue to do this for a long time. Do you – I mean, I agree on the scheduling for sure, for sure, for sure. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a morning person. I get up at, like, 530 so eight o'clock start time for an interview is like two hours past my bedtime but as tired as I am like once we get going I'm always like energized because I'm enjoying our conversation which is kind of uh rare I think that that's exciting that no matter how tired I am once we get going like I'm excited to be there but I think for me the hardest has been like the technology side of things that um like you were saying before, when we all record in one spot, it's a little bit easier to manage on the interview side of things, but also like the recording side of things and then editing after the fact, um, because it's a more organic conversation. You don't have like internet lags or, uh, your internet cut out for two seconds and then we missed half of your word, but it doesn't quite make sense and like how to kind of make that work. Um, so for me, it's probably like the technology side of things. Yeah, you're a rock star for doing all the all the editing, really. Um, so yeah, shout out to you for that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> all right, Dan. So on our first episode back, you asked me our standard question. So now you have to answer the standard question. Uh, yeah, for those people who don't know what the standard question is, it's what advice would you give to anyone in athletic training, young or old, looking to get into the profession, whatever it may be. Um, definitely, you know, know your value. You know, you definitely want to work in a place that, you know, they understand what you do and they really appreciate it and they show it to you not just in, you know, physical things, but monetarily. Um, and actually, you know, we'll go to bat for you on things that, um, you know, mean something to you. So if you really need something or we, you know, we need to hire someone or we need to do whatever you need, you know, you want to work for someone who's like, yeah, like absolutely. Like whatever you need to take care of our, our patients, um, you know, do it. Cause we really appreciate you. And we really think that what you're doing adds value to, you know, what we're or what you're about. So definitely you know know your worth know your value and make sure you you know you work in a setting that you know people appreciate that and the second is uh especially over the last couple of months since we've been shorthanded i've been dealing a lot with this is just there are some days where you will come home feeling like you are the worst athletic trainer in the world like you come home and you sit down and you're like i feel like i did nothing um, and I just kind of sat at my desk and did absolutely nothing. But in reality, you're running around and helping five, 10 different people. And that's okay because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're, well, me, myself, I'm 
just starting year two of like being an actual working athletic trainer. Um, and I'm not going to know everything right off the jump. I'm not going to know everything when I'm 35 years into this thing. Uh, but just understand that I'm going to have really, really good days. and I'm going to have really, really, really bad days. Um, so just rolling with the punches and learning from those bad days and say, all right, like, why was it bad? What do I need to do to kind of just, you know, get either get through it or, you know, kind of refocus and just say, all right, like, hey, like Tuesday was a bad day. Let's let's have a better day Wednesday and things like that. So um, taking time for me and just kind of really thinking of, you know, what to do to get better as a profession, but also just trying to, you know, being able to turn my brain off and not think about, you know, the stuff that happened at work. And just, you know, relaxing and, you know, just enjoying my time away from work and not bringing things home with me. So those are my things. Know your value and understand that you're going to have some bad days. Uh, but most of the time, you're going to have more good days than bad. So uh, just keeping that perspective and remembering your why is, you know, been big for me the past couple months. And just, you know, going forward, I just have to keep that in the back of my head. Got to make it through the end of spring sports. A couple weeks left. We can do it. <laughs> Very, we're on like if we're doing like a 400 meter dash we're probably in like the last like 50 meters here yeah so but the last like, 50 meters are where it burns yeah. the most whatever you got left just like empty the tank because in a couple of weeks you're just going to be like laying face down in the training room saying thank god this this <laughs> all righty you want to play a little this or that let's do it we should get like a fun little song for this or that this or that maybe you can just sing like you do when we do instagram lives and you're on by yourself for 20 to 30 seconds and you just have to like say something before i get on yeah i think i'll put a little insta poll up um i'm confident it would be 100 percent unanimous that nobody wants to hear me sing that's fair I had right. a pretty, I had a pretty solid singing career in middle school. Then I like hit puberty, and it was all over from there. That's true. Your high school musical days. <laughs> I was. Secret has been out. I was Troy Bolton in high school musical in seventh grade. Uh, the video is somewhere in the family archives. It will never be seen again. If I ever find it, I'll probably just break it or burn it or just throw it away. I'm gonna ask your mom to find it for me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Someone in my family has it, and I don't know who does, and whoever does, um, I think I know who who has it, but I'm just going to burn it or something. <laughs> All right. But anyway, this or that. This or that. All right. So do you prefer a guest that you've met before or a brand new guest that you're like cold calling for the first time? Uh, Give me the cold call. You're going to go for the cold call? Yeah. I think – I, th- I think we talked about this from from someone. It's nice to like talk, like message someone or email someone like, "Hey, like this isn't Dan, the athletic trainer from Gaysburg College. This is Dan from Polos and Khakis." Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to kind of like, you know, lead into like an initial, like, "Hey, like you know, love what you're doing with insert expertise or whatever they're doing in the field. You know, would love to have you on. You know, let's set up a time where we can talk more about it. Uh, you know, I always enjoy talking to guests again because they bring you know just more and more insight on top of what they did originally, but always getting something new, something fresh and, you know, being able to use, you know, this podcast as, you know, an outlet or uh, a way into talking to new people. You know, it's, I've definitely enjoyed that part. Hmm. Interesting. I know you do with the guests you've met. Well, I'm kind of on the fence. A cold call is nice because you're starting to slate fresh that like 
you can go wherever you want to. And with a guest you've met before, you already have like an existing rapport, which can be really nice because it's comfortable. It's like, oh, I would like a little bit of both. <laughs> and I feel like we get a little bit of both. The only risk with a cold call is um, if you get a guest that's like not that talkative or doesn't really want to like elaborate on their answers. But luckily we haven't had any of those. Like everybody is really generous with their time and with their thoughts. And so I feel like we've like dodged that bullet. Yeah, for sure. Okay. In-person interviews or virtual interviews? Definitely in-person. Yeah. The only thing I like about virtual is that I can basically wear whatever the heck I want and no <laughs> one really cares. Um, I'm not going to say what I'm wearing right now, but it's, you know, it wouldn't, I don't think it'd be acceptable to do an in-person <laughs> interview with this. Um, but yeah, like we talked about earlier, you know, being able to be in the same room and it's a lot easier to, you know, sense the vibe in the room and kind of bounce ideas off everyone and know when, know when to talk, when not to talk and who's talking next and things like that. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, unmuting yourself, muting yourself and all that mm. other jazz. So I'm definitely going with the in-person interview. Yeah. I kind of like the virtual interview. Uh, one, because I can do it sitting in my bed, which is very comfortable. And two, like you said, I can wear relaxing clothes instead of like presentable clothes. Uh, and three, because like we get to talk to way more people. I think with virtual interviews than we got to with in-person interviews because you're not limited geographically anymore. Yeah. Like when you do a virtual interview, we can talk to Luke who's in Seattle and that's would have been impossible if we we're only doing in-person interviews. I don't know. I think uh, we could have got someone to sponsor a trip to Seattle. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Our first random this or that question of the day Holes versus Luck of the Irish. I don't think you could have picked two more random movies other than that they're both Disney movies. Right, they're both decom movies from our era. Um, to be honest, I think The Luck of the Irish is one of the worst decom movies that was made. <laughs> I have to agree with you. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Holes. Um, I think the... I don't know. I wasn't a really huge fan of Holes either. No way. Um, How I mean, did you I not like it. Holes? I don't know. Just, I th- I mean, re- watching it now, it's like, all right, this movie really wasn't great. But back in the day, you're like, dang, like this dude has to go out in the bearing sun and dig a six-foot hole I can't believe every you just day. said Holes is not a good movie. Sojourner Weaver is in Holes. I mean, come on. Shia LaBeouf? I mean, over if you're if we're picking these two, definitely going holes because, like I said, Lucky the Irish is one of the worst decom movies. It's pretty bad. Give me like, yeah. Give me like Johnny Tsunami or Motocross or um, uh, what was that other one? Johnny Tsunami Two was really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, give me one of those. But if in terms of these two, give me holes. Okay, I can. Plus Cleo Thomas. Cleo Thomas is a solid uh, zero. It's true. He was fantastic. All right. Last one. Best one. NSYNC versus the Backstreet Boys. So I have an older sister mm-hmm. who grew up. She did the progression, right? So she did NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. And then she did like the Justin Timberlake, Aaron Carter, or mm-hmm. Nick Carter mm-hmm. when they like broke up and things like that. 
and then she progressed to the Jonas Brothers and you know all that stuff. Yeah, all the so great I boy to, bands. Yeah, I listened to both these very almost religiously growing up, not from my doing, but just from hearing it from my sister's room. <sighs> very tough. I'm gonna. I've always been Team Backstreet Boys. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It is. I think uh, everybody that song. Mm-hmm. Everybody, yeah, yeah. That's probably like one of the best songs they've. It is the best song they made, and it's better than any any Insync song. Are you kidding? Nope. You would take everybody over. Bye bye bye. Yes. Oh my. That God. was a great, great, great oh music video gosh. though. Bye 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 is a great music video with one of the girls just like using them like puppets. Like that was <laughs> that was pretty creative. But song wise, yes, I'm going everybody by Backstreet Boys. I'm really disappointed in you, Dan, but it's okay. We can move past this. I feel like we we can't really agree on things because then, like, you know, we have to find the balance. That's true. That's true. We have to balance each other out, so I'll take NSYNC, which is clearly the superior boy band, so it's fine. Eh, Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. (laughs) All right. Do you have anything else you want to wrap up? Yes. I'm still dying on the hill that – one, burpees is the worst exercise ever in the world. Correct. But the sec the second hill, I'm dying. Like if you if you do burpees for cardio, like yeah, no. Is that what people no- consider it? It's cardio. Yeah, it's like in uh, I don't know, like high intensity cardio, I guess, whatever the heck you want to call it. Either way, burpees, dumbest exercise in the world. That's the number one hill I will forever die on. The second hill I would die on is that sheets is still better than Wawa. It's still not. <laughs> That's the one thing I did talk about in Dr. Moore's episode is that Sheets is definitely better, and I will forever die on that hill. That's it. That's my soapbox. I'm just going to remind you that every poll we did while I was winning against Sheets. Listen, if there was a Sheets in the state of Florida, everyone would love Sheets. Everyone would still go to Wawa. No, people would love Sheets. But, again... Those are definitely the two biggest hills I would be willing to mm-hmm. die on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have um, you have you had Royal Farms? Yes, their chicken. I'll say good. if you throw Rofo chicken in the mix, it does complicate matters. But anyway, gas station chicken is a whole other this or that debate that we can't get into today. This is true. Uh, but yeah, other than that, we uh, we're ten episodes down, and here's to tens and tens more. So. Um, Cheers to Liz. Cheers to all of our listeners and uh, our future guests. Cheers to you, Danny. All right. We got anything else to wrap up? That is all. Um, hope you guys enjoy the next uh, guest coming up. Uh, I think we got some good ones in the work, so uh, we're excited to give those episodes to you soon. Um, so, again, thanks for listening, and as always, remember who you are. And make good choices.